Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. Welcome to episode number two of the High Tech Freedom Podcast. I am very excited to have Klaus Strand join us today. Klaus Strand has been with Citrix Systems for 15 years. After making the transition from sales engineer to lead account manager, he never looked back. In fact, Klaus has been a number one sales rep three years in a row and number two for the fourth year. Enjoy the show. All right, Klaus. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining me this morning. You're welcome. Morning, Chris. Yeah. So why don't we just kick it off? Uh, I know you, but why don't you tell uh, the audience a little bit about your, introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about uh, where you've been and where you're at now. Yeah. My name is Klaus Brand. I am currently a, um, a senior account executive at Citrix Systems, and I focus primarily on large enterprise, internet-centric, uh, online-type e-commerce companies. I came from a sales engineering background. Um, I started my you know, formal career in this sort of internet space in 1990, late 1999 as a sales engineer. I worked, worked that all the way through. I hit a couple of, jumped a couple of companies along the way. Um, eventually ended up at Citrix and I've been here for 15 years as a sales engineer and as an account manager. Oh, interesting. So, um, you know, I've met a lot of people over the years uh, that have made that jump or have considered making the jump from being a pre-sales SC to being the sales rep and really being the one responsible for carrying that quota. How did that transition go for you and any any lessons learned? So um, the transition for me went well uh, in that I, ro- I jumped right into in where the previous uh, rep left off. So I was a sales engineer. I was tied to a sales rep. And one day he helped decided to leave. And I immediately called the man his manager and said, I want his job. I was ready to make the transition of sales. And I knew I wanted to do it. It's something I've been doing. I've been pondering for the, last, the previous year or two. What I was looking for was an established role in an, in an established company like Citrix, something that I know the product, I know the territory. I'd never done sales personally, but I needed a place I could slide into easily to get my feet wet and then grow from there. And Lo and behold, the stars aligned. You know, I've been working in that territory with my rep for five years. He ends up leaving. I know everything about the territory. I know everything about the deals. And so I just slid right in um, into that territory. So for me personally, it was an easy transition. I was always more of a salesy sales engineer than uh, a techie sales mm-hmm. engineer. Um, so there's a big distinct, dist- uh, there's a there's a big line that separates those two techie versus sales type uh, sales engineers. And both are great. Yeah. Just a question of, you know, which one works better for certain scenarios. And that, then that for me, because I was more of a salesy engaging type of type of SE, I moved into that sales world pretty easily with an established territory, established accounts, but I still had to grow that territory. 
mm-hmm. right? It wasn't like I just slid in and, hey, POs are flying in. No, we traveled a lot. We, we did a lot of meetings. We're constantly hustling meetings, channels, partners, the whole nine yards. So that transition for me was pretty easy. What I found, though, for from as soon as I made the transition, I was successful after the first six, 12 months. We had three other SEs in the organization I wanted to do it to. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here they come. And yeah, he's, he's making all the money, having all the fun, going all exactly. the dinners. I was yeah. I was killing it. You know, where I was off to a great start, I was killing it and so forth. And so the other SEs they came to me and said, "Hey, you know, what should we look for? What uh, what's going on? I mean, how, how do we make the transition?" And the first thing I told them is exactly that: is Are you a techie sales engineer or your salesy sales engineer? Are you a personal, outgoing type of person, or are you like the guy who likes to sit behind the computer and you know? punch keys. Um, if you're that guy, stay be, you might want to just stay being an SE. It's a great spot. It pays really well. If you're on the, if you're more on the sales side, slide on over. And we had a few, a few SEs that, that tried doing that and did not heed my advice. Six months, 12 months later, they're back on their old roles. Yeah. So we, I would say if you're going to be moving, trying to make the transition from an SC to sales, figure out what you are. Are you a techie SE or you're a salesy SE? Yeah. I think that's great advice. I mean, you were um, self-aware enough to know your strengths, your, your, your weaknesses. And I also really, uh, really appreciate and picked up on, you made a decision and you then, when that opportunity arose, you didn't wait, you took action. And I think that's something I've seen from you, uh, you know, many times over the years is, you you know, you take action. Well, you know, as, as, as a sales rep or even a sales engineer, you were as a sales rep, you're, you're responsible for the business. So you have to take action. You have to own the business. And if you want to get to where you're going to get to in, in your future life, whatever revenue you plan on getting to, you, it's up to you. You're going to have to take the initiative and make it happen. Well, so, so Klaus, you have been sales rep of the year in the past, mm-hmm. not once, not twice, but three times. That's right. Three and, years and, and, in a row. And I, three years in a row. Wow. In a row. I mean, yeah. That's incredible. And I believe one year you were darn close. Uh, yeah, that was last year. I was 200, 250K off from being number one. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, I mean, I know there's no one thing that you did, no magic bullet. Um, you know, doing that for three or four years is uh, probably a, a ton of work. But, you know, what would, what would you say? What would, what's been key to your success to be able to deliver consistently like that year over year? There's a couple of things. Uh, you know, what, one reason is um, because I have a technical background, I understand what I'm selling. I don't just show up and throw up. Yeah. Right. I understand what I'm selling. And so when my customers talk to me, they quickly learn I know what I'm talking about and they have a little more respect for that. But I think the bigger, the, the biggest success to that has been creating uh, lasting relationships with my customers. There's a lot of activities that I do that I don't get paid for. Um, I don't get paid to go out to dinner at night. I don't get paid to go to sporting events on weekends and concerts and take customers out to certain events, which is time away from family and other things you know I could be doing. But mm. it's something I enjoy doing. I enjoy spending time with my customers, and they see that and they appreciate that. So I think that's been a big part of my success is creating those relationships outside of work, outside of the nine to five, the office environment uh, with my customers that you know, has, has helped me grow the, grow the business because they trust me now. Right. They don't see me as a sales guy trying to sell something. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, that's so key is I was talking to somebody earlier today 
And uh, at the end of the day, the, this business, a big part of what we do, it's people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you can have all yeah. the all the targets and all the companies, but at the individual level, it's the people and we still have to build rapport and build relationships and, and nurture that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is a relationship game. Any, any relationship sales, any sales, sales job you're in, doesn't matter what you're selling, real estate, tech, doesn't matter what you're selling cars. It's a relationship. People buy from who they like. Yeah. What about those so during the pandemic? How, uh, how did you handle that? I'm sure that was challenging. It was challenging um, in the sense that my biggest challenge was getting the regular time with my customers. So for my larger customers, what I know, what I would normally do is I'd have office hours. So for an hour or two, every Wednesday, I'd go to visit that customer. We'd set up shop. We're at their, at their location and talking, walking around the floor and their people combined, they would give us a badge. They'd give us a badge so we can come and go as we need to. That didn't happen anymore. So having that face-to-face interaction sales is so, uh, so important. And when that went away, we had to look for other things to do. So what I did is I set up, you know, virtual, um, vir- virtual office hours. So I told, you know, I would open up a line for them. I'd send them all, them all in, but I'd open up a line and it'd be open between the hours of, you know, 11, 12, whatever it might be work for them once a week. And it was free for them. Anybody just stop by, got, got any questions about our products or whatnot, want, want to talk about the sharks, we're here. And, you know, well, we'd have you know, random customers um, that would drop by and just check in and say hello and talk. And, but I found over time that that tapered off again. It started off strong in the beginning and we had a lot of participation, but eventually it's, it's, it tapered off after about four to six months. I think people were just getting burnt out from Zoom, all, just all together, online conferencing all together. Um, and so at that point, you know, fortunately, COVID was kind of starting to subside a little bit and we're able to start doing some you know, lunches and starting to slowly pick some of that stuff up again. Um, but COVID was definitely a, strugg- a struggle getting that FaceTime with customers. And that is so important, just getting that interaction, that, that casual interaction with customers. Yeah, I totally agree. I was just talking. So we're recording this in November of 2021. And uh, I was having a conversation with my team about, uh, you know, getting ready for 2022. And I was like, think about it, right? The last two years, we haven't seen our customers face-to-face in person. In some cases, customers have left and new ones have come in, but they maybe they've, they're now, you know, in a different city. It's just, you know, the selling's different, but I used to look at a minimum. We need to go back and reestablish those relationships, rebuild yep. that rapport, go take them to lunch, spend the next 45 days buying your customer lunch and, Get to know them again. Yeah, I'm doing that again. Uh, I've done some top golf events for my customers. You know, they love doing that. Anything you can do that's kind of outdoors tends to be better received than indoor stuff right now. Um, so lunches are great. Uh, top golf concerts, outdoor concerts, uh, things like that. Is some of the things I've done these past uh, past few months, and those have worked out pretty well. Coming from a guy who lives in California, it's raining right now in my backyard. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's about 70. I think it's 75 degrees right today. Here. Oh, rub it in. <laughs> All right. well, hey, uh, so, Klaus, you know, so you, you've kicked butt over over you know, four years in a row. And there's people out there that will make excuses or say, oh, he or she had all the best accounts or had the best territory. Uh, you know, what do you say to that? I mean, if, if I look at this year, this is a, a down year for me. I'm not having that great of a year this year. I have all the best accounts. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not having a great year. There's other reps who are having great years now this year. It's it's cyclical. You know, it's it's ebbs and flows. It, it comes and goes. Sometimes your customers are buying, sometimes they're not. And I'm having that down year. I'm in that boat where I'm having to pick myself up, you know, dust myself off and figure out what I'm doing in 2022. So that's, you know, what do I say to them? What the, the customers say, oh, I'm sorry, the reps that say you have the best accounts, um, not necessarily so. You know, all customers, if we're doing the right things, at some point will buy something, maybe little, maybe big. But if you don't have the relationship, I guarantee you they're not going to buy anything from you. Mm-hmm. All right. Because again, they, people buy from who they like. And for me, this year, it's all about reestablishing all those connections, all those relationships, building that pipeline, being reengaged with partners, uh, doing all those things uh, this year. So, if if you know if you don't have the greatest accounts, you know we're, we're dealt the hand we have, and we have to do the best with what we have. I didn't have the greatest patch in the beginning, but you know I worked with what I had, and we kept building, we kept kept chipping away, kept building, I'm not taking no for an answer. Yeah. So well, and by the way, you know you could maybe you get fortunate and have you know a great big um, couple big deals and have a great year, but you know, usually you're going to get the quota for that the following year. So if you can continue to do it year over year, you know, clearly, you know, you're investing in those relationships, looking for new opportunities, bringing ideas to the customer. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Hey, what about, um, you, you, you talked about this being a down year. Uh, I'd like to hear more about how are you bringing yourself back up? I mean, you know, so there's the, the work and the effort, and I imagine there's a little bit of a mindset that goes along with it, uh, to kind of power through that. What are some of the things that you've tried to do to kind of continue to power through this year to, to get back to being on top? Well, number one, um, you know, just, just working to, again, get re-engaged with those customers, get in front of them, you know, leverage relationships. Yeah. Um, I'm often reaching out to trying to find that right, that correct con that right contact in that one account. Uh, I go on LinkedIn and that person is connected to someone else. So I'm making, you know, connections there. Um, that's been a big focus of mine this year is trying to make those, instead of trying to do everything myself, trying to leverage those around me, um, not to abuse them or use them, but, you know, we're all in this together. Uh, we're all trying to make connections and especially in tech. So I've been trying to really just work with my larger contact base um, to move foster those relationships mm-hmm. is what I've yeah. and engaging with a channel, uh, trying to reinvigorate channel partners are so important to what we do. Um, the more people we have out there with our message, the better. Um, so that's kind of how, what, what I've been spending a lot of my time doing this year, just fostering relationships and trying to build pipeline and react, re-engage with those, you know, lost contacts, right? Yeah, strengthen that foundation and you mm-hmm. know, grow from there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so one thing I was curious about is, uh, you know, I imagine you've been on some, probably some pretty cool club trips as a result of your performance. <laughs> Where oh, have you been? Oh, boy. Um, let's see. We've been to uh, the Cayman Islands, Hawaii. Everyone does Hawaii. Uh, Cayman Islands, been to Hawaii, went to Madrid. Uh, I had to pass on Budapest due to family uh, commitments. Oh, no. uh, we didn't get to go to Budapest. But probably the, my favorite trip uh, was uh, when I was in SC, I actually got nominated for the MVP, which enabled me to go to club. And that was in Phuket, Thailand. Oh, wow. At the, the JW Marriott in Phuket, Thailand. That was, uh, that was quite the trip. I mean, it was a whole new experience. Everyone, you know, you've been to Hawaii. I've been to the Bahamas and you know, those islands. But 
going that, you know, something as exotic as Phuket, Thailand. I mean, that was, that was a lot of fun. That was pretty amazing. Yeah. And uh, I, I was talking to a rep uh, not too long ago who came up short, didn't get, uh, didn't qualify for their club trip. And they're like, eh, you know, I made plenty of money. I just, that's really not that important to me. And, and I, I, and I almost said to them, you're just saying that because you didn't make it. And what, you know, if you haven't been, what people don't realize is, yeah, you, at that point, you've made enough money to go buy your own trip. But when you're going to these trips, it is the elite of the elite. All the executives are there. They are spending tons of money on the experience. And beyond that, it is a career enhancing trip because you're sitting there spending time with the CEO and senior sales leaders and senior marketing leaders. Yep. Um, it you're, is. It is. People huge. get to know your name. Yeah. Right. People get to see, they get to put a face to the name and they get to know your name and you know, your name starts becoming a household item throughout the organization, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, this year, based on last year's sales, we we're supposed to have a club in Hawaii this year. And this is the very first year ever that I made what's called Elite Club, which is like the, the top 10 people in the entire company. So everybody gets, a, a lot of people get to go to the club, but there's a special group called the Elite, another like the top 10 people. And I was in that club this year. And unfortunately, because of COVID, it ended up getting canceled. Oh, bummer. Um, but I hear that's like a notch above everything else. So that would have been a lot of fun to go to. But yeah, we just need to go do it happen. again. You just got to go do it again. That's what I said. I got to re- rinse and repeat next yep. year. I'm yep. in. I already, told my, I already told my boss I'm in next year. I'm going Love for it, it again. <laughs> well, so cl- so clearly, Klaus, you've probably made some uh, some nice income on, along the way. I mean, I know that uh, to be number one, you're well over plan. So um, I'm curious, if you don't mind me asking, you know, how have, how have you taken some of those commission dollars to reinvest in yourself, your future, sure. retirement, whatever it might be? Yeah, uh, you know, when I when I first got into sales, took my first sale, official sales role ten years ago. And I had a fantastic year. I the first thing I did was I bought a new Tesla. Yeah, it was my gift to myself. I had a blowout year. I was making I, more money than I could ever have imagined. I remember the Tesla. <laughs> yeah, you know, I bought it after I was having a couple of drinks with a buddy of mine on a Friday night here at my house, <laughs> and I decided to log on and buy a Tesla. And I hit the buy button, and he looks at, and I told him, I said, "Hey, dude, I just bought a Tesla." He's like, "You serious? You just bought? <laughs> we're sitting here having drinks. You just decided to buy a Tesla?" Um, that was a good feeling. Now, you know. In hindsight, I wish I would have taken that money, that $100,000 of that Tesla that I paid in cash for, and actually put it into Tesla stock. Because yeah. I could buy 10 or 15 Teslas a day with that money in, the, in, in only five years. Yeah, uh, And five years goes by pretty quick, um, the older we get. So I wish I would have done that. Um, but you know what? You got, I treated myself. I love that car. Love the car. I still have it. Love driving that car. Um, but I've come to the realization now that, you know, need to be a little smarter with my money. Looking forward to retirement at some point, which is still a ways away, but, you know, got to plan for the future. So what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm mainly investing my money. I wanted to get into real estate, but with the red hot real estate market, for me, I decided to go a different route. Mm-hmm. I've been investing in uh, stock to stock market. I got in and some of the meme stocks did really well on AMC. I'm really happy about that. I've So a lot of stock, uh, crypto, I decided to go ahead and, you know, rate, try my hand in crypto. I've been doing that for the last several years. I've invested in a couple of startups mm. now, uh, last over the last five years, waiting for those to kind of hit home and pay off. So that's, and that's primarily where I spend my money is a lot of, um, a lot of asset type 
uh, stocks, bonds, etc. I don't. It's not that I avoid real estate. Um, it's just for me locally, it's, it's just too expensive here. Yeah. And I don't know how you're going to be able to make a return on your money here. So therefore, for me, with the red hot stock market over the past you know, 18, 20, 18, 20 months, that's been a good, really good return. Yeah. Well, this is what I, uh, you know, I, my kids are now in their teens. And, and one of the things that I'm always encouraging them is, look, at the end of the day, you just have to put that money to work somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've got to do your research and figure out what's right for you. You can go buy the toys, you can go buy the video games, you can go buy whatever, you know, like Watches. my son wants to go, every jersey, every NBA jersey <laughs> out there is like, well, that's great. You got them all hanging on your wall. He's like, yeah, but they're worth money. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. so you say, but how's that working for you? Well, you know, I took my daughter's, uh, my daughter had some birthday money. She's uh, she's a teenager now. She's a junior. Took a $1,000 of her birthday money that she'd had over several years. And we put that into a savings account for, not a sales, sorry, uh, an investment account an aggressive investment account. And I check in with her. I let her see it once a month. Let her see how it's growing. Um, and in the past 18 months, it went from $1,000 to almost $1,500. So almost a 50%. That's a really good return she's getting. And I told her, I said, hey, look, you're investing your money. What did you do to earn that extra $500? You didn't do anything but sit, but sit there and watch it. Um, so I'm trying to get her in that mindset of investing early. And you know, she's not working yet, but when she does start working, I plan on immediately getting that, you know, that, that either Roth die or the 401k set up for her and start investing that money. Yeah. Have fun with some of the money, but invest some too. Something I wish I would have done when I was young. We didn't totally. have yeah. that knowledge when I was young, when I was that age. Um, so I invested my money in uh, cars, <laughs> a lot of cars. I spent so much money on cars that, oh my God, had I, had I put that in Microsoft, Chris, you and I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. I'd be retired oh, yeah. somewhere. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Could have, should have, would have. I didn't know any better. <laughs> well, so you bring up something that uh, I'm sure like you, like I've tried to explain to my children that, hey, if you go invest this way, you know, you can get these types of returns. I've tried to show them the time value of money. But, you know, they're teenagers versus yeah. like I did something similar just recently with my son. It's like, here's a real estate fund. You can just go invest a thousand dollars in it. And here's kind of their projections versus let's look at the twenty five hundred dollars you have in your savings account. It earned six cents last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, yeah. and so now your daughter, she's seeing that monthly now. And now those light bulbs are start will start going off. You know, it's just that, that idea of doing it versus hearing about it. I think that's so exactly important exactly it's 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 a doing it not you get your hands on doing it i mean growing up i had a you know eventually once i became my 20s people sort of kind of on the side were talking about it but i never really understood or did anything i wish i would have done it and started way back then i've made up for lost time pretty well yeah. thanks to sales but yeah um i wish i would have started earlier well that's, so that's i know it. i know you got a little side thing sorry to interrupt i know you got a little side yeah. thing that you're you're doing with a, an app of some sort yes yeah, so that's another one of my investments is um I, uh, I just released an app on the Apple uh, iOS app store. Uh, we should be porting it to Android sometime next year. Right now, we're just focusing on Apple. And what it is, it's a, uh, it's an app that aggregates classified websites. So Craigslist, eBay, Amazon classified into one search engine. So when, if you're looking for some, a used couch or set of golf clubs or Whatever used item you're looking for today, you have to bounce around on numerous sites and hopefully find what you're looking for. Uh, with with Plassi, with a K, K-L-A-S-S-I, you just open the app, type in what you're looking for, like a, like you would in a Google search, and it'll bring up all the, all the necessary results. You just 
peruse through them. Once you find the one you want, click it and it'll link you back to the original site, be it Amazon, eBay, or, or Craigslist. So it was something that I ran into a problem that I, I personally had trying to find a TV a few years ago. So I decided to do something about it and invest the money to hire a developer to build it for me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but that's probably going to have much more upside than the Tesla. So, (laughs) yes, it is. Uh, Hopefully that's an appreciating asset. asset. Uh, The goal there is, you know, hopefully either I can do some ads of some sort on there that can give me some passive income, uh, sell it. I'm not exactly sure the long-term revenue stream, but my goal is to find ways to make passive income in retirement. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's so key. It's, it's, uh, I've met lots of tech salespeople that have been doing what we've been doing for a long time. And, you know, naturally, you know, that your lifestyle tends to go up along with your commission checks. Oh, sure does. Oh, yeah. And uh, sometimes it's hard to maintain that lifestyle with just your 401k. So if you haven't built up some other passive income streams, however you want to do it, um, it's sometimes hard to maintain that lifestyle. And, you know, I treat myself once in a while. You know, I like watches. I like watches. I like nice watches. I like the Rolexes, the Breitlings, and so forth, Omegas. And I've got a collection of watches. You know, if I have a great year, I buy myself a nice watch. I don't buy the Tesla anymore. I just buy it. You have to do something nice for yourself. You got to celebrate yourself uh, and your success once in a while. You don't have to overblow it and overdo it to the point that you spend your entire commission check. But you got to do a little something nice for you when you have a close a big deal or something. Just something that you, you know you can feel good about. Yeah. We work hard. You know, it's, you have to reward yourself, recognize it, appreciate it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, Klaus, uh, it's a lot of the successful people that I know um, usually give back in some way, do some things with some charities or, you know, anything you're doing on the charitable or giving back front. Uh, I do. I do a couple of things. Uh, Number one, I I coach high school soccer, coach girls, high school soccer as a volunteer. Uh, I've been coaching soccer in AYSO as a volunteer for, for many years. It's great to work with kids and be a mentor and kind of teach them along the way. Uh, now I'm, I've graduated up to the high school level now. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, oh, big time now. No, not so big time in this where I live, but, you know, it's soccer nonetheless. The kids are fun to, fun to, fun to coach. It's a good bunch. Um, so I do that, kind of giving back, helping the kids and so forth, uh, providing them guidance along the way. Uh, the other thing as well, I tend to, I also donate and I go to charities. Um, There's a uh, place called Raphael House. Um, it's a nonprofit up in San Francisco. And they they uh, they take in fam- homeless families. So they take the entire family, mm. husband, wife, kids. They take them to shelter them. Um, they, they make sure they have what they need. They help educate them, provide them financial advice and assistance and get them back on their feet jobs, et cetera. It's a really good organization uh, that helps the, the whole family, not just one part of the family. So, you know, my sister-in-law is on the board of that charity and I, that, that that's where my donation dollars go. It's, it's, it's a good thing. It's a really good yeah. charity. Yeah. Sounds like it. And I know, uh, you know, those services are desperately needed all over the country. So it sounds yeah, like a really great, great program. Yeah. yeah. Well, Klaus, if, um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to reach out? Uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn, um, Klaus, C-L-A-U-S, Strand, S-T-R-A-N-D, uh, or feel free to email. Uh, my personal email is klaus at strandonline.net. Okay. And we'll uh, we'll put your contact information in the show notes. We'll also put the link to the uh, your app, your new app in the show notes oh, as well. So if somebody wants to check that out. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? Any other final sales tips, insights? You know, sales tips, I just say sales is fantastic. I love it. I mean, I love 
the um, I love the excitement of of winning. I like I played soccer growing up. I played it for thirty years. I still coach it. I love winning. Uh, I don't mind losing. If we lose, we lose. But I like winning. I like winning a lot more. And uh, sales have been a lot of fun. So don't be afraid to go into sales. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it can be fun. But know where your strengths are. Like I said earlier, the, the tech versus a social type of SE. Know where your strengths lie. Um, is it a right fit for you? Because in sales, you are now responsible for the business. That's one of the biggest challenges I had when moving as an SC to sales is as an SC, I was part of the business, but I didn't own the business. I was responsible for making sure the product worked and the customers understood the technology and were sold in the technology. But it was a sales guy's job to get the purchase order, to get that PO, mm -hmm. do the forecasting. And if the deal slips, it's on the sales guy. So that was a monumental shift from what I was used to in that I was now responsible for that business. And so, you know, I'd say for those reps who may be looking for a transition or those people who are looking for a transition into sales, be, be advised, you're going to own the business and management's going to come looking for you when deals start to slip or aren't coming in or your forecast isn't what it needs to be. They're not going to look at your ST. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's um, good. Yeah. Well, they, you know, that, that self-assessment piece, I also think it's probably good to be doing that periodically because, you know, your strengths now probably different than the strengths you had five years ago, 10 years ago. And absolutely. Maybe some of them you want to improve. Maybe some of them you want to minimize because you can't improve them, but you know, it's good to yeah. know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Klaus really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for, uh, for doing this. Yeah, you got it, Chris. Pleasure. Good luck to everyone out there. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating, and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.